Hi everyone, Eva Thompson here. Welcome back to my channel today. In this video, I'm going to be giving you guys three tips to help you overcome retroactive jealousy. I have been helping people overcome RJ for over a year now and I want to give you guys some tips based on my experience and how I overcame it and also my clients' experiences and how they were able to get over it. Before I do get into this video, I want to ask you guys to please consider subscribing to this channel and also giving this video a thumbs up. It would really help me out. It will push the video out to more and more people and hopefully help more and more people. So please consider doing that. But without further ado, let's get into this video. So the number one thing that I would recommend is to avoid making retroactive jealousy your identity. And this happens without you even realizing, especially because it's such a unknown condition in the sense that people that haven't been through it don't understand it. And so it's very likely that if you've been suffering for a while and you didn't know that this thing that you've been going through has a name, retroactive jealousy, then when you found out, either maybe you googled it or, I don't know, it came up on YouTube one day, you probably felt a massive sense of relief because at least now you know that this thing that you've been experiencing has a name. People that didn't know that Argy was a thing often tell me they feel crazy or they felt crazy rather before they found out they felt alone, they felt isolated, they felt like no one understood them, which is absolutely natural, of course, if you're telling people what you're going through and you're suffering so badly, and everyone around you is just telling you to get over it, how it's not important, the past is the past, but you can't stop these thoughts, of course you're gonna feel all these emotions. But when you do figure out that this thing has a name, avoid making it into your identity. So. Retroactive jealousy has a name and it can be overcome. You can get over this. Now, of course, I have also come across people that have it and they found a way to cope with it and that's where they are and that's what they're comfortable with and that's where they want to be, which is fine. But what I'm saying is don't start justifying your behavior um, and getting into forums and groups where you're just ranting about your experiences and about your thoughts and everyone else is telling you that yes I understand you it's valid but that can only get you so far ranting and being understood is great but it can only get you so far it's not gonna help you overcome it it's just gonna make you feel more comfortable with RJ almost and like I said, a lot of people will justify toxic behavior and they'll say things like, oh yeah, but it's my RJ. And that doesn't help you overcome it. The minute you start calling it my RJ, you start making it into your identity and it's harder to get rid of. I would recommend calling it the RJ. I know it's a very, it seems insignificant, but from my RJ to the RJ, it sends a signal to your brain that this is not part of me this is something other than me, it's not me. So that's what I wanted to recommend. It's very subtle and people don't even realize they're doing it, but just try not to make RJ into your identity. Try not to get comfortable with 
acting a certain way and blaming it all on RJ because it's not going to help you get over it basically. And like I said before, there's people out there that have, that have found a way to cope with it, that still have it and they're in a decent relationship and that's how they want to live, which is fine. All I'm saying is don't justify toxic behavior by just saying, oh, it's my RJ. Because when you do that, even though it might be true, it doesn't give you room to to grow. You want to look at what is making you feel this way. Why is this truly bothering you? Which brings me on to my next tip, and that is understanding that the past is not inherently a problem. You have made it your problem, obviously unintentionally. And this is because of what you're projecting onto your relationship, onto your partner's past. So your conscious mind will try to convince you every single time you get triggered that the only way out is to ask a question, to shut down, to stalk social media, to Google, or whatever it is that you do, to argue, even that happens sometimes with couples. And this may bring you temporary relief, but as you know, it doesn't lead to a long-term, it doesn't lead to long-term relief. And so realizing that your partner's past is your partner's past. You could ask a million different people about what they think regarding your partner's past, and you'll get a million different opinions. This doesn't mean that anyone's opinion out of those million people is right or wrong. They're just opinions. The past is. What happened just is. It's your opinion and your fear or your worry about it that is making it a problem, which is obvious and maybe you already knew this, but what I'm getting at is instead of when you get triggered trying to look for that temporary relief in the arguments or the asking questions, try and sit with your feelings and look at what is really going on here. What are you afraid of? What, what are you worried about? How do you think that, how have you made this about you? So what are you projecting onto the relationship, onto the partner? Again, it's not inherently a problem. It's all about what you are projecting. And this is actually a good thing because when you realize that it's not about them and their past, it's about what you're projecting onto it, you can begin to heal. So the third and final tip is to start building awareness around the fact that you are not your thoughts. You are the awareness behind your thoughts. So the only thing that determines whether or not a thought quote-unquote sticks, so whether or not a thought keeps coming back, is the way that you react to it. So if a thought is emotionally charged, it will keep coming back. If a thought is charged with anxiety, anger, frustration, sadness, it will keep coming back. If a thought is charged with emotion, like I said before, it will keep coming back, even if that emotion is positive. So if you have a thought and you've attached emotions to it, such as happiness, excitement, um, joy, that thought will keep coming back. So to give you an understanding of this, 
Approximately, from when you wake up in the morning until when you go to bed at night, you get over 60,000 thoughts coming in and out your mind. Now, there's three categories that I have put these thoughts in. So you've got the thoughts that have a positive emotion attached to them. So say, for example, you are looking forward to seeing your partner later on in the week, or you're looking forward to a holiday, or you're looking forward to... I don't know, an event at work or something. And you think about this something often. And when you think about it, you feel excitement, you feel joy, you feel happiness, you look forward to it. Which is why that thought about what you're looking forward to enters your mind more than once. It comes into your mind often. Then we have the thoughts that you've attached a negative meaning to and therefore negative feelings and emotions will come up with it. So for example, your partner's past. You've attached a meaning to these thoughts subconsciously that is bringing up anxiety, fear, frustration, anger, resentment, disgust, all of these things. And so thoughts that are very emotionally charged will keep coming back. And then you have the thoughts that you feel nothing towards, so more neutral thoughts. So for example, if you think of a pen, or if you think of a bottle of water, you probably don't feel any sort of strong emotion when you think about these things. And I know you think they're very different, all of these three things that I mentioned, but at the end of the day, they're all in here. They're all thoughts in your mind, and you give the meaning to each of these thoughts, and that meaning brings up an emotional reaction. The emotional reaction determines whether or not the thought keeps coming back. So, when you understand this and you realize you're not your thoughts and you are in charge of the meaning you give to thoughts and to situations, and because of the meaning you give to a thought or situation, an emotion will come up, um, you are in control and you are in charge when you realize this. So when you do get triggered and when you do feel this intrusive thought come in and you feel the emotions, either the anxiety or the anger or the sadness, something that I would recommend doing is to not be afraid of feeling it. So people suffer because they try to run away from what they're feeling because it's painful and it's absolutely understandable, it's not nice to be in pain. But that resistance of, I shouldn't be feeling this way, this is ridiculous, this is crazy, I'm stupid, I'm an idiot, why do I, what's wrong with me? This just puts more pressure onto you and it's not gonna speed up the recovery process. So I would recommend two things here. A, ask yourself, what is the meaning you've attached to these thoughts that is causing the emotional reaction to come up? And B, don't resist or don't fear the emotion that comes up. Sit there and breathe through it without associating it to the past or the future or your partner or the relationship. It's just you with your feeling. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to attach any conscious labels to what you're feeling. It's an emotion that's coming up in you. It doesn't matter why, it doesn't matter how. Sit there, close your eyes, breathe. It's like a wave and it will pass. The less you're afraid of the emotion and the less you judge yourself, the more the, e the easier it's going to get basically for you to overcome this. Imagine RJ is like a train full of steam and it needs to run out of steam and every time you sit there and you feel the emotion without judging or projecting 
or finding a reason or trying to figure it out or get rid of it or run away, you take its power away because you're less scared of it. And you're not going to feel this way forever. If you sit there and feel your emotions, you set them free. Now, this might take time, but I would really recommend practice doing this. When I was trying to overcome it, I did this. And of course, therapy is what helped me overcome it completely. But this really, really helped me. I remember I would sit there, I would close my eyes, and I would feel the wave of the intense emotion rush through my body. And I would just sit there and I would literally like feel almost, it would almost make me like physically have to move and shake because of how intense it all was. And then it would go after five, 10 minutes and it would come back. And then I would sit there, I would feel it. And then it would go and it would come back. And slowly, slowly it did lose its power. So that is something that I would highly, highly recommend. All right, guys, so that is it for this video. If you are interested in one-on-one -on -one therapy sessions with me, you can check out the description. There is a link there to a free discovery call with me. I'm very big on working with the unconscious mind because I believe that retroactive jealousy is rooted in the subconscious and in the unconscious mind because it's all about feeling like the thoughts matter. Intellectually and logically, you know that the thoughts don't matter, the past is the past and all of that, but when you get a thought and you feel like it matters, you feel like it's a threat, that's the subconscious, that's the emotional mind, the subconscious mind. So I'm very big on working with the subconscious mind, hypnotherapy, NLP, and a little bit of CBT. So if you are interested in that, you can, like I said, book a free discovery call with me so I can assess your situation and see how I can help you. But other than that, I would just ask you to please, again, like this video, subscribe to my channel, and I will see you guys soon. Take care.